That's great news. We're getting more needles into arms. The bad news is, what are we at now? Five or six generals and admirable, admirals in the uh, Canadian military who have been suspended or resigned in recent weeks because of inappropriate conduct. Well, late Friday, the Department of National Defense issued a three-line statement, three lines for this. They announced that uh, Major General Dan Fortin, uh, the military commander leading the vaccine logistics program for Canada, had had to step down and is now the subject of a military investigation. And when I heard about this, quite literally, uh, out loud, I said, what is going on in the Canadian military? Christian Leprec joins the show now. He's a professor at the Royal Military College of Canada. We call it RMC and um, Queen's University. Welcome to the show. Good to have you back. Good morning. There's a lack of clarity on what kind of investigation um, Dene Fortin would be subject to. It's not a good look on the Canadian military, especially right now. I think we need to start off there. I, I mean, does it shock you that this statement was three lines? I think uh, they probably don't know much other than the allegation, which seems to date back to very shortly after he joined the Canadian Armed Forces. And so uh, the challenge is the Canadian Armed Forces now find itself of a reverse uh, onus of proof, in effect, where due to save the integrity and authority of the institution, they're removing people before individuals have been found guilty of offenses under the Code of Service Discipline, under military law, uh, or possibly under the uh, under the criminal conduct. And so I think the department is trying to be um, careful um, in the judgments that it uh, that it issues, uh, but it has to be at the same time proactive, given the circumstances uh, in which it finds and uh, in, in which it finds itself. And we need to understand there's a lot of nuance to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these allegations are very serious. They're potential criminal code offenses in terms of assault or rape. Some of these allegations are issues of sexual misconduct, but not necessarily uh, perhaps criminal code offenses, but offenses under the military justice system or under the code of service discipline. And some of them are consensual matters, but nonetheless offenses for fraternization uh, between a senior member and a more junior member under the code of service discipline. Now, all of these offenses have long been um, uh, violations um, of, uh, of of uh, the code of conduct. So in that sense, um, individuals, uh, the, the treat, what what would have been inappropriate in 1989 uh, uh, is what what is inappropriate today was already inappropriate in 1989. So the standard right. hasn't changed. It's the standard by which these rules are now being applied um, that has changed. And of course, that's a good thing for the organization, but it shows it's taken 30 years to get here. Yeah, well, the Globe and Mail was the first to report the allegation against Fortin was sexual in nature. And then sources told CTV News that the incident allegedly dates back 32 years to 1989 when he was a student at RMC. Go figure. And uh, the sources who are you know not speaking publicly because they're not authorized to said Fortin is under investigation for allegedly exposing himself before a woman. Now, here is an interesting part of the story. If it's true, according to sources, military police received a formal complaint against Fortin in March. Here we are in May, and um, it's been crickets all weekend from the Prime Minister's office and the Defense Department um, to what type of investigation is going on and who's replacing Fortin on this file. How damaging is it for a government and their mandate of transparency to not come forward and give us these details? 
Yeah, and this is the challenge that we're facing here, right? That this is the, this is a narrative that doesn't fit with the current government's sort of narrative of being a feminist government and being pro-women. Um, and at the same time, it also doesn't fit with the agenda that this government is trying to drive in terms of policy, whether that might be childcare or it might be climate change and so forth. And so I think the government finds itself in a bit of a hard spot. But I think the realization that we've come to is that the organization has been at this, the Canadian Armed Forces, for 30 years trying to affect institutional change, going back to the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal and its decision with regards to women in the Canadian Armed Forces. And so the organization has shown that it is unable to bring about the change that it needs under military law, under the expectations of uniformed women and men, and the expectations of the government and the public. And so it requires political leadership and political guidance. And so the silence that we've seen for months from the senior levels of leadership is simply not acceptable in terms of our constitutional principle. The fundamental constitutional principle in a Westminster parliamentary democracy is responsible government. It means the government is ultimately responsible for the decisions that happen under its mandate and ministerial responsibility means specifically that the minister is responsible for his or her organization. So I think we need the prime minister and the minister to take ownership and to be able to provide the guidance that the organization needs so we can finally get the change that the women and men in uniform and that the Canadian public expect rather than going around this. And every time we have a problem, we find ourselves a new chief of the defense staff or a new commissioner of the RCMP and we tell them, go fix it, because we've shown that the organization cannot fix it by itself. Is this possibly another uh, problem with vetting uh, before appointing people uh, to positions? You know, and we saw that there was a problem with vetting the uh, We Charity. So uh, there's certainly, I mean, in the case of, uh, for instance, General Vance, um, the matter that has now become public, I find it a little incredulous that the Prime Minister's office says it had no idea, given that Frank Magazine had written about this when General Vance was posted uh, uh, out in Naples. So, uh, so some of these elements had been public record uh, beforehand. Uh, I think there needs to be, certainly it's surprising that a government that now where all political parties vet their candidates so carefully and employ intelligence companies, private intelligence security companies, to make sure there's no ghosts in the closet, mm. that it is surprising that we do not apply the same sort of meticulous standards to vetting for senior office in government, whether it is civilian, in particular, whether it is in uniform. Remember, the armed forces are the institution across democracies that tend to have the highest respect or among the highest respects um, across uh, across countries. And so uh, this is devastating for the institution, for morale inside the institution, and for the integrity of this particular institutions and democratic institutions more broadly uh, in an age when democratic institutions are already under duress. Here we are in the third wave. We're worried about the Indian variant of concern. We've got Denny Fortin stepping down. He was in this position of public trust the most important position right now, which is um, making sure that the vaccine that we get is distributed properly to Canadians. Can you talk about, um, I guess the big question is how this is going to affect the vaccine distribution uh, strategy in Canada and basically maybe outline what his major role was. So he effectively had two key roles. One is a strategic role to help with the planning of the role. The other is to do uh, the logistics and operations of actually um, uh, doing the rollout. And the rollout has two components. One is to get the vaccines into, into the country, 
um, and distributing them across the country. And the military is important here because it brings these logistics experiences and capabilities, but it also has its own assets in terms of particularly the Air Force that can transport things and can transport them to the rigorous standards uh, and cooling standards, for instance. Um, the other is requests for assistance by provinces to assist in various ways uh, with uh, the vaccine delivery, for instance, to remote northern areas. So essentially, there's two different types of missions. I'm not concerned about the tactical delivery because the strategy is done and the operation is rolling and the military always works on second in command. So someone who can take over in case the person in command uh, is no longer able to fulfill that position. And there, of course, uh, quite a number of other uniformed members and civilian members now in the Public Health Agency of Canada to help with this. What I am concerned about is medium term, uh, we are losing uh, uh, senior generals who have a lot of operational experience in running headquarters, running large operations. And that experience takes decades to build up. And it's, of mm. course, that experience that people like uh, General Fortin can apply when they are on the ground planning the sort of vaccine rollout for domestic operations. So um, the, I guess the challenge will come uh, more medium term, um, uh, where we need to make sure we continue to have that capacity within the Canadian Armed Forces so we can deliver in international missions for continental missions and for domestic operations. Well, I think that really speaks to the the uh, lag time in the military finding out about these allegations against Fortin and actually doing something about it. Because we were in a situation in March where we still didn't have all the vaccines we needed. Now we're ramping up. We're getting more vaccines uh, on a weekly basis. Um, does it shock you? You know, you spoke about the second in command that there was no interim person ready to take over, at least that has been named publicly for Danny Fortin. So the second command would not normally be named publicly. Once an official appointment is made, uh, that uh, that name would become public, but uh, he would have already had a second in command because this is essentially a 24-7 operation uh, as it is in terms of the vaccine rollout. So internally, it is it would already be clear uh, who is backfilling for him with the appropriate delegations and authorities. The question is whether that second in command will now be named the person command or whether the, uh, the minister, the government, in consultation with the chief defense staff may decide, given how high profile this particular situation, this particular operation is, and how also politically key this is for the government, given that failure is not an option for this operation uh, politically, um, that they may decide to name someone else uh, rather than the second in command uh, to lead uh, the continued uh, rollout of the vaccines. So those are the deliberations that we'll see. And I think Canadians will expect an announcement in short order. And I think mm -hmm. the government and the minister uh, will deliver on that announcement uh, very shortly. I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but do you think this is going to be a woman? And do you have any idea of who uh, they will be uh, placing in uh, the uh, the role? Um, well, they might simply remove Major General Fortin for the duration of the investigation and not make announcement. That is certainly one option that is at their disposal. Uh, but the challenge in the department is there have been so many domino effects by the number of people who've been removed that now optimizing for the ideal person who brings uh, the logistics and operational capacity, the leadership capacity, the headquarters experience, but also who has the communications capacity, um, given how important it is to convey to Canadians and put them at ease that this is in good hands uh, and the machine is running smoothly. Um, they, they, we're getting a little bit short on the bench, so there'll be a lot of contemplation about how best to optimize across the senior command. Christian, thank you so much for your expertise. I appreciate your time today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. Christine Leprec is the professor at the Royal Military College of Canada and Queen's University.
And uh, talking about the big story that broke on Friday, our Major General Danny Fortin, who was leading the uh, vaccine strategy here in Canada, is now out of his position. And uh, they're doing an investigation into allegations of uh, what we hear is the sexual nature uh, that happened when he was back in uh, university, according to sources.